Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Eric Nalin, publisher, InsideTexas.com. It's time for our weekly segment called The State of the Program. Each and every week, Eric and I try to take a, a, a bird's eye view of the entire Longhorn football program, as well as the athletic department as a whole. Eric, uh, given uh, the conversation we had earlier, or I had earlier this week, uh, with Chris Del Conte, athletic director at the University of Texas, I figured today, and, and I know you watched it and you know listened to it, I figured today you and I would talk about some of those concepts and what you think of them and maybe add some more color, right? And add a little bit more of a thought process to it. First of all, right out of the gate, he goes, talks about em embracing the hate, you know, um, knowing that Texas, uh, Eric, is going to be the team that everybody points to on its schedule. Same with Oklahoma last year, the Big 12. Uh, you think they've got the right idea there that, that that's the right mindset? I mean, absolutely. First of all, you got a lot to play for just because they haven't done well in the Big 12 in so long, speaking from a football standpoint. Uh, but I think embrace the hate is a very good way to keep people focused in a year where a lot of people might be looking to, to 2024 in the SEC. Um, so, you know, to me, that's, that should be on every shirt at Texas. And I also like how I said, you know, that, you know, the Big 12 has been a good partner for them. I would, you know, t disagree with that a little bit, but I know he's playing politics. Uh, but he want to exit classy, but with a lot of trophies. And, um, you know, embrace the hate along the way. I think that's right. Again, you know, they've got to stay focused. And he emphasized a lot, uh, that many times throughout uh, throughout the video with you. Yeah, he, he told me that he really wanted um, to, to be about 2023, 2024, because he he thinks uh, one of the things he said to me uh, off screen was that he thinks it's so important. Every year is important in a student athlete's life. Mm -hmm. You know, they only get four years in school. Right. And so to just bypass a year because of something that's looking forward that he goes, that's not the right message for any player, coach, employee, anybody that they need to get after it this year and each and every year to be better in the future for themselves. And I, I just feel like he's to your point. I felt like he had a good take on that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they need to use this. This year's important, not just because it's important on its own, but it's got to be a good uh, you know, springboard into the, the new competitions. And everybody wants competition. And, and when you win, you recruit better. That's going to uh, better position you uh, heading into the new conference. So I like it. But also, I mean, it, you know, there's also a little bit of, uh, you know, I think there's a, a, a little bit of anger in there because, you know, Texas has gotten the short end of the stick. I think they felt underappreciated. He would never say this. Uh, I don't have a problem saying it. Um, so I think, I think it works in that regard as well. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned to him in that, that as well, you know, Texas hasn't been, uh, on the first day of the big 12 media event ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're the first day, Brett Yormark wants Texas and Oklahoma to get out of the way. And let's talk about some other things going on in the conference. Um, yeah, that's, so, that's, that's smart. But if I'm Texas, I'm happy to get home too. you know, we'll be, they'll be in Dallas plenty of times this year. <laughs> there you go all right i need to say before we get to the next one i talked about something he said about eddie reese and steve sarkeesian at that coach's retreat that we found out about too uh before we do that i need to say thank you to our uh our uh, sponsor adam lowey of the lowey law firm uh, adam and his group have been helping injured texans for decades whether it's a catastrophic car wreck or an injury on the job uh, make sure you reach out to adam at loweylawfirm.com or 512 280-0800 for a free consultation today. That's Adam Lowy at the Lowy Law Firm. They specialize in results. Uh, Eric, uh, Chris Del Conte mentioned the coach's retreat on Monday. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's one of those things that he basically does an, as an athletic director to take the temperature of the room, uh, see if there's anything that, that are, are 
common threads that he can address probably across all athletic departments. Uh, but but you felt like he he talked a little bit more about something that Eddie Reese said that really caught your attention. What do you, what are you thinking there? Well, yeah, uh, when, when Del Conte first got there, Eddie Reese had mentioned that they had lost so much with the departures of Mac Brown, uh, Rick Barnes, and Augie Garrido, and you know they were kind of. I think he felt sort of uh, rudderless. You know, on top of it, they had gone through a few uh, athletic directors, and so you know a theme throughout the whole video was kind of rebuilding. Uh, whether you know he didn't necessarily say that, but you know infrastructure, so many different things, culture. Uh, but, you know, I think just getting the whole department uh, centered and organized, uh, you know, of course, you have you talked about reorganizing it, uh, you know, merging two departments into one. Uh, but I think that was just a, a very good example of what he was inheriting. And then also, you know, we went on to talk about uh, Sark uh, and just where he thinks they're headed now uh, compared to where it was, you know, four, four or five years ago. It's interesting because it's not just he's not just talking there about himself and the coaches. He's also mentioned Kevin Eltife, chair of the Board of Regents, multiple times. Right. Jay Hartsley couldn't have been more effusive in his praise of his boss uh, effectively. Uh, it's not just the – I think it's possible that it wasn't just the coaches in the athletic de department that were rudderless at some level. It was also the university and the uh, uh, Board of Regents to some degree as right. well since they were, uh, you know – were kind of uh, dis not distraught. Uh, they were not a cohesive group, I think, uh, based on who was elected to the Board of Regents. Now they do seem to be all rowing in the same direction. I mean, absolutely. That's been pretty evident since I think the summer of 2020. Uh, you know, we started to notice that, started to write about it. You came in November of 2020 and you were basically writing the same, you know, we were writing the same things uh, about how uh, on the same page they were. You know, when I had a real job back in the day when I had a real job, and my bosses love sports. They didn't care if I went to take off opening day as long as I made up the hours, you know. So I, I know what it's like to have a boss that loves sports. And Chris Del Conte and Jay Hartzell, you know, Jay Hartzell is as big as a, a football fan as anybody. And, and you know, that is going to help. Of course, you have to still make sound decisions. You know, Hartzell has to, to do his real job, which is off, you know, manage academics more, more so than athletics. Uh, but you like having these guys in your in your corner. Kevin Eltife, chairman of the board, is a very big football fan as well. Uh, and so it's a lot easier to get on the same page when, you know, your number one goal is to win. I think Texas had uh, lost sight of that, um, you know, with the lost odds and the other ones. I think the lost odds, you know, as much respect as I have for him, I think he got a little focused on dollars and cents uh, rather than uh, get winning programs first. The dollars will follow. You know, Del Conte would go on to say that athletics is the front porch uh, for the university. Uh, and I think that that's really showing in the, the emphasis they have and the, the coaching hires they've made, uh, the, the new infrastructure initiatives. Uh, you know, just so many other things, you know, just how look how uh, accessible they are. You know, they're doing shows with us. Uh, they're on the road frequently talking to uh, fans, uh, not just the football coaches, not just the basketball coaches. But you can see some of that camaraderie that, I, you know, you know that they have on that coaches retreat is evident. In some of those speaking engagements that we've been to, Bobby. You mentioned uh, coaches, hiring coaches. I thought that was an interesting analogy, uh, you know, trying to, to find someone not to, to be able to run a PT boat, but an aircraft carrier. Right, right? Yeah. because Texas is it, it? It's not the small. It's not the small potato. Uh, it's a big, big old uh, thing that you got to kind of take care of and manage and work toward. Uh, Sarkeesian had seen that not only at USC, got a taste of it a little bit at Washington, but saw it at USC, saw it firsthand at Alabama as well with with Nick Saban. Um, hiring coaches, it, it was interesting. He also felt like Rodney Terry, though, even though he hadn't been the head coach at a place like Texas still had that he used the term gravitas 
to, to try to explain what he had. Well, I think there he drew on his own experience. You know, he mentioned uh, being young at Rice. I think he said 36 and, you know, it was kind of a trial by fire. Um, and he didn't really, you know, he thought he had to knew, know everything uh, when really, in fact, you just have to hire people that know everything and you don't have to know who to hire and, and who to go to. So he said when he hires coaches, you know, they need to know who to hire. And he talked about leadership. Of course, that's very important. Uh, familiarity with the school size and scope. I think that's one thing that Rodney Terry has going for him. Having coached uh, with, with Rick Barnes and, and for a little short while, at least a good offseason and, and some change with uh, with uh, Chris Beard. I, I think Rodney Terry has some uh, some some better experience for the job than, than people probably realize. And I liked how he touched on uh, the context of Rodney Terry's time at Fresno State. He, he might not have won big, but he turned it around. You know, uh, Steve Sarkeesian didn't win big at Washington, but he turned it around. I think uh, in the preceding five years at Sark at Washington, they went like one, two, four, five, and zero, uh, something like that. So that's a, that's a huge turnaround. That To me, everybody wants to know, hey, when's he going to win 10 games? I was like, you know, going from zero win team to five win games is every bit as uh, impressive to me as, you know, Dave Aranda winning one 10 games season and then falling off. So, uh, but I, I, you know, I think he draws on his own experience and I think that, I think they all do to some degree, you know, I think they're, they're kind of all in the right, uh, the sweet spot of their careers where they have the, the right amount of life experience and professional experience uh, to get Texas back to where uh, the next Eddie Reese is talking about one day when they're losing these guys, it hurts the same as when they lost uh, Mac, Rick and, uh, and Augie. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting because those are two, those are three icons of Texas sports. I mean, those, those guys ruled the roost for a good 15 years, basically, uh, at their respective positions. Um, any other things that you thought were really interesting, uh, Eric, at this point, and based on what you heard from, from the interview? Well, you know, uh, one hit home for me was I liked when he mentioned, uh, you know, you got to have cranes moving on campus for the athletic department. Otherwise, we're dying. You know, my, my dad was a general contractor for, uh, for a very long time. And every city we'd go to, you'd look around and, and see if there are cranes. And he'd always point it out. We were in the middle of nowhere, Spain. And you're not in the middle of nowhere, but, you know, a smaller town on the coast of Spain. And there are cranes everywhere. Now, they didn't move for three weeks because they vacationed hard in Spain. But he still noted that they were there. Uh, and so that, that hit home for me when uh, Del Conte said we have to be growing. You know, it's, it's a sign of growth when, you, when you're building. Uh, again, it touches on those themes of him building from the, you know, not from the ground up, but, but from, uh, it's just a heavy remodel. They're not, they're not resetting the foundation, uh, but, you know, from the locker rooms to the practice bubble, uh, to all these different things. I like when he said underground parking too, hopefully that for the players, hopefully that means less tickets. That's one thing that stuck out to me, but you know, overall he covered, you guys did a really good job of covering the whole, uh, the whole gamut. I, I felt like one of the things for me was I asked about Sark's culture and what he saw there in, in the, uh, in the football facility. I, I like, I liked the, the fact that he, he feels like he, it's, it's where it's on the way of where he wants to go. He's been around what looks right. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It, if you're talking to a guy that's a 20 year college administrator, they they've seen the good and they've definitely seen the bad. Yeah. And for someone like him to say, Hey, I, I, I think it's going in the right direction. I, that's meaningful to me. Of course, some people say, well, he has to say that, right. Well, no, he doesn't. I mean, Chris is a he's a pretty sharp tongued guy or silver tongued devil a little bit. He can say what he wants and not uh, in, in a twist of words. Uh, but I think that he, he was he was very forthcoming overall in that interview. And I I felt like his answer was honest about Sark. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been optimistic on Sark. You know, he's kind of he won me over really, really from the beginning. Is uh, you know how candid and honest Sar- uh, Sarkeesian was. You know, the first uh, press conference he had, he says a lot of things. Well, you know, we have ways to go check, and it all, it all came out. Uh, so Sark, I've been, I, you know, I, I've been impressed with Sark since the beginning. So a lot of what Del Conte said is, is kind of dangerous for me because it's, uh, it could be a, a confirmation bias to some degree, you know. But uh, you know, it's the same things I believe that was what, or at least what I've heard. I don't have nearly the close view as Del Conte does, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it all checked out to me what he was saying. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, speaking with Eric Nolene, publisher Inside Texas, got some more questions for you. I want to say one last thank you to our sponsors. That's Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. He's been helping injured Texans for more than a couple decades. You can reach out to him at LoweyLawFirm.com or 512-280-0800. If you or someone you know have been injured in a catastrophic wreck uh, and or on the job, uh, Adam and his group are there for a free consultation for you. They focus on results uh, for their clients. Uh, Media Day starts on Wednesday. Later today, Steve Sarkeesian takes takes the dais. Uh, Jordan Whittington, Quinn Ewers, all those guys going to be uh, in Arlington. I'll be there as well uh, later today. Eric, uh, nothing, uh, it's rare that anything major happens at Media Day. It could. Uh, you never know. The Big 12 could be on the cusp of announcing a new partnership with a, a, a Pac 12 team or something like that. What are you really, really looking for out of this? Are you Are you looking for a sense of what the head coach says and how he says it? Are you looking for confidence from the team itself? What are the, what are the aspects? I mean, Stark has talked so much this off season. Like I said, some of those gatherings we've all attended, um, you know, I'm not, I don't think he's going to say anything that really catches me by surprise. I like hearing what the, the older players say about the younger players when they're asked. That's something that always stands out because we're always trying to see who the next ballers are uh, that are coming up and who, who better to give you that information than their own teammates that have been there, done that, uh, have been work, have worked hard to develop already. Um, so yeah, that, you know, your contemporaries are always going to have the best, uh, the best information on you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully our guys, you know, Ian and, and Justin and Joe are going to dive in deep on those questions. I don't know if you're going to talk to the players as well, Bobby, but, uh, yeah, I always look forward to that every year. Yeah, I, I do too. I think that's a good, good call because they'll be the first ones to tell you, oh, this guy looks really good. And yeah, they're not going to throw anybody under the bus, but you can tell the difference, especially when you see them in person. It's one thing to talk over the phone, but, you know, sometimes their eyes will light up. Uh, you know, they're not going to be able to hide how they truly feel. They might be able to hide a little bit what they can say, but, you know, you can always read the person. Yep, I agree with you. All right. Uh, another, another thing we need to talk about, obviously, is recruiting, uh, Eric. Uh, Texas is going in later today, 545 in the evening. Uh, Melvin Hills out of Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, will announce his decision. Uh, Texas and Ole Miss, the finalists. Then Thursday, <clears throat> excuse me, Jaden Jackson out of IMG announces uh, at seven o'clock, I think, uh, between uh, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Miami, as well as Ohio State. Uh, some teams charging hard late on that one uh, as well. You know, 
we look at those two, then you have DeAndre Robinson, Corey and Gibson also on the cusp of announcing. Um, I'm focused primarily on the defensive line right now because three of those four are defensive linemen, and it's such a need position. Um, if Texas doesn't come out of this group of six or seven that they brought in with at least three or four, that that would be a tough a tough pull for Texas, right? I mean, that's that's really the number they're looking for. Yeah, you know, you don't want to go to uh, August and have to get back to the drawing board of defensive line recruiting. You know, that would be bad. You know, there's always a, the chance that you you uh, you win and can turn some heads late, or or there's some late riser that wasn't found for some reason. Uh, but for the most part, you always want to hit on your top targets. So you know, Melvin Hills, I think he's a quality player, six four, two sixty nine. I think he measured in at Texas. Uh, that's good size and length. You know, I didn't know he was that that tall. Um, you know, I think he's got some some traits that give him a uh, high floor, you know, hard worker uh, from what, what what we hear. Uh, he's productive in high school, got, you know, got in the backfield quite a bit. He wasn't he's not just out there looking big. Uh, there's a lot of guys that look like Tarzan, play like Jane. He's not one of them. And I think uh, coming back from a knee injury that he suffered uh, the year prior, I think gives him a little more upside, you know, another year to rehab and, and get some athleticism back. We might see an entirely different player. So if Texas can land him, that's a big one. Uh, you know, I've got DeAndre Robinson as probably the second most important player in the class behind Colin Simmons. Uh, Ryan Wingo's in that conversation as well. I think TJ Lindsay actually is in that conversation. But uh, DeAndre is huge. You know, I, I liken him to, to Vondre Sweat. If they get him in Alex January, you don't have to worry about nose tackle for quite some time because you've got Sadir Mitchell as well. So that would be uh, you know, that would be a really big win, I think, because of his, his ranking. I, I think uh, it would fly under the radar for how big it is. But uh, in my view, it would be it would be massive. Yeah, that, that's where these rankings, you just have to kind of just take them for what they are and ask, are they getting the quality they want and are they filling the needs, right? Because right. if you don't do either, you're, you're SOL, basically, uh, okay. right? I mean, because you, if you don't have the right pieces to the puzzle, it's not going to look right when you put it out on the field. Yeah, yeah. Fans should always want the coaches to get their their primor, primary guys. If a guy doesn't blow you away on field, but you trust the coach, just yeah, celebrate when the guy when the coaches get him. Yep, I got you. All right, um, Corey and Gibson still Texas and Clemson in your opinion at this point? Yeah, I've heard nothing to change my mind on uh, my Texas prediction. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be watching that. Um, you know, I'm sure Clemson's working the phones hard. Texas is working the phones hard. Wrote an article today about you know it's it's tug of war season. You know, uh, <laughs> Texas is dug in. Clemson is dug in. Uh, who has who has the strength to get it across the line? Who's got the leverage in the in the footing? Um, so you know, my pick is Texas. We'll see. You know, Dabo Swinney is the you know formidable. Yeah. Uh, anything final? Finally, one last recruit I got to ask you about, and that's uh, one everybody wants to know because you mentioned his name already. That's Colin Simmons out of Duncanville. Um, there was some thought he might make a decision sooner than the end of December or after uh, the season was over for Duncanville. Now we we're, we're not. We just don't know what's going to happen, whether he visits A&M or somewhere else. And at the end of the month, you hearing anything lately, Eric? You know, I don't I know he's supposed to visit A&M. I think it's uh, just as likely if he goes to visit somewhere, he'll visit LSU. Uh, you know, I think everybody was hoping that he would shut it down. Uh, Texas definitely has the lead compared. You know, you pretty much talk to anybody on that. But again, that's that goes back to the tug of war. These other schools now they're teamed up. Now you got LSU and, and A&M and anybody else that wants them pulling against Texas. So. Yeah, they're all uh, taking pot shots, right? That's what. Yeah, that, yeah. That's effectively what being the leader is in recruiting. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. These other teams are unwitting accomplices uh, in trying to trying to unthrown Texas or dethrone Texas, I should say. Uh, you know, if he goes and visits those schools, Texas will still be my pick, but I might have to recalibrate. I think I've got it at eighty percent right now. Uh, you know, maybe I'll recalibrate it, but we'll see. You know, keep keep plugging away, keep investigating it, uh, see what he see what he has to say. 
All right, uh, look forward to all the articles coming out today on Inside Texas. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian uh, going to the mic. Uh, Quinn Ewers, Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy, Jalen Ford on the defense uh, going to be there as well. Uh, all right, for Eric Nolene, publisher of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this week's episode of State of the Program. <laughs>